feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. So are there two different systems of justice in America? If you are a cause that liberal politicians like, well, then you basically get a slap on the wrist. But if you had anything to do with the Trump administration, anything to do with January 6th, anything to do with causes that this White House doesn't agree with, well, then guess what? Throw the book at you. And case in point is the case that has happened that I want to talk about today here on the Rita Cosby Show, because to me, this is outrageous. And coming up in just about three or four minutes here on the show, we will be talking with former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, to get his take on what I think is clearly two very different systems of justice and an outrageous double standard. And especially when you look at the history, we've seen all these stories of a lot of people tied to January 6th, some of them just on trespassing cases. I'm not talking about any of the serious allegations. Just look at even some of the cases with just minor trespassing. Some of those people have basically been behind bars, you know, unlimited amount of time. Some of them were thrown in solitary. And then yet, There are cases, and one of them that I'm going to tell you about, that just made my blood boil when I heard this particular case because I found it so outrageous because it actually led also to the the death of a father of multiple children. And this was a guy who was inside one of the buildings that was burnt down by a BLM protester. And this guy, the one who is responsible for his death, seems to have just got a slap on the wrist. So I want to hear from you tonight as to what you think, again, of these double systems of justice, that it basically for thee, but not for me. You know what? Guess what? Anything tied to January 6th or anything tied to anything with the conservative party or anything like that. Oh, you're terrible. Even if you were like, you know, ordered a lunch in Washington, D.C. that day, they're throwing the book at you. I mean, you hear these stories of them coming to people's homes and, like, scaring up grandmothers and grandfathers around the country and shaking them down. And then yet, where are all the people that were behind the BLM riots? And I'm talking especially about the ones that caused major destruction and also death. And indeed there was. And by the way, just even on the destruction to property alone— It went over $2 billion, $2 billion of damage. Think about that caused by those riots. Remember, that was the summer peace and love. So much for that. But these people destroyed businesses. They destroyed lives. They killed people. They hurt police officers. And yet you rarely hear about any of these people given really a severe punishment. You know what? I mean, to me, it's outrageous. And I was actually, you know how little I think of the way that they have handled this. I actually was surprised that they actually gave them any time because it seems that there have only been a handful of these cases where they've actually gone after these BLM protesters. 
because they haven't seemed to want to show too much initiative. They don't seem to want to talk about it. They don't seem to want to highlight it. And that seems to be par for the course. And case in point is this case now where, by the way, Senator Tom Cotton, Republican Tom Cotton, sent an inquiry to the U.S. Attorney General, Merrick Garland, basically saying we want answers because he could not believe what very much appears to be a lenient prison sentence of a man convicted of burning down a pawn shop in Minneapolis. This was in response to George Floyd's death. And he burns down the pawn shop. And as a result, there was a 30-year-old man inside who died. And the coroner decided that indeed the man had died to inhalation of products uh, of combustion and thermal injury, basically a building fire, was the absolute probable cause of death. And so this guy, who has a rap sheet a mile long, 26-year-old Montez Terrell Lee of Rochester, Minnesota, was sentenced not too long ago to 10 years in prison following three years of supervised release for setting the fire and nothing tied to the guy's death. Meanwhile, he's on videotape. They actually have him on video showing him in front of the shop saying, blank this, we're going to burn this blank down. And then there's video of him actually burning it down. So the guy dies inside. They don't go after him. Apparently, his sentence originally was supposed to be 20 years just for the arson alone. And they lowered it down to suddenly 10 years. They had the three-year supervised release. And yet, if you were anywhere near Washington on January 6th, you basically should be in solitary confinement and basically be Shawshank Redemption for the rest of your life. That, to me, is outrageous. And here is Tom Cotton's response to the case of Montez Terrell Lee, who got baby, I would say, probably one of the easiest deals, considering he killed a father with multiple children who was an innocent victim inside that pawn shop. And this guy is barely getting any time not even enough time for the arson crime. Montez Lee burned a pawn shop to the ground. So he's guilty of arson. He's also guilty of murder because there was a man burned alive in that building, a father of five. He was uh, charged with arson in the federal courts. That carries a 20-year sentence. The Department of Justice, the United States Department of Justice, sought barely half that because they said he was participating in a peaceful riot, in a peaceful protest, that he was voice, giving voice to the unheard that his cause was righteous. It is completely inappropriate for the Department of Justice to be meeting out criminal punishment based on their view of the criminal's political positions. Yeah, it is outrageous. And here's a little bit more of Tom Cotton saying, you know what, the DOJ must tell the American public, why did they cut this back? And why are they like doubling and tripling down on anybody tied to January 6th? I mean, this is not some crazy Soros prosecutor in San Francisco or New York or Los Angeles. This is the United States Department of Justice reducing sentences for an arsonist who killed a man because they liked the cause for which he was protesting when he committed that arson. This is outrageous. Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice needs to answer for it. Absolutely. And joining us now to talk about all of this is former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, great to have you here on the show, as always, my friend. Hi, Rita. How are you? I'm doing okay, but you know what? I am so angry, Rudy, because... 
this is outrageous when I hear about this particular case, and there's a couple cases like this, a BLM protester who kills a man in a fire uh, just should get the 20 years for the arson alone. He gets 10 years. He gets three years of supervised release before that. And no charges of murder, homicide, manslaughter. The guy is a 30-year-old innocent victim inside a shop, a pawn shop in Minneapolis. And a lot of people in Congress are now saying, wait a minute. Talk about the fact that there is no equal justice. They're comparing that to the victims of January 6th and saying this is outrageous. What are your thoughts, Rudy? Well, they're absolutely right. And and what we're uncovering over the last couple of weeks is a George Soros plan that goes back to about 2015 to destroy the criminal justice system in America and turn it against conservatives so that we end up with a one-party dictatorial country. So Soros contributed, remember, what was well over a million dollars to change uh, Minneapolis, uh, to defund the police there, to change the the prosecutorial system. Uh, Remember, he's also the number one supporter of Black Lives Matter. So Black Lives Matter is politically protected. Their major sponsor, George Soros, is the major sponsor of the Democratic Party and the major sponsor of the DAs. So how do you expect the DAs who get one, two, or three million dollars from Soros to prosecute Soros's organization in Chicago, in St. Louis, in Seattle, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, in all those places? Uh, None of these people were prosecuted. There was uh, uh, billions of dollars in damage, 26 people killed by them, 1,000 people in the hospital, and maybe you have one or two people that went to jail. And this is one of the more ridiculous sentences. A man dies, and this guy might spend two or three years in jail at most with the the, uh, three years off to start with, with the time served, with the way the parole system operates in – Soros dominated Minneapolis. This guy will be out in two or three years, if that. Wow. You know, and, and that's what, you know, it's a, I think so transparent are the softness of these sentences. And even like, as you said, even going after the BLM, they don't even seem to like be even trying to go get them to begin with. Well, um, I was even so what, surprised, by the way, Rudy, I was even surprised that anybody was even arrested, period. They just seem to be turning a blind eye to all these people who we all saw on videotape all over the country. I mean, you basically have them caught red-handed. There's, you know, they're all over the place. Look at the Antifa guy. What was his name? Sullivan, who took that uh, 20-minute uh, video, got paid 70 grand or so by CNN, and he's a self-proclaimed member of Antifa. He's shown himself breaking into the Capitol. And uh, he was out of he was out on bail with, with I mean, maybe no bail within one hour while people have been sitting there for a year and a half. And he has he has texts all over his all over his social uh, network inviting Antifa to come to the January 6th protest in order to take out the president. Now, this guy's been out for a whole year. The things that he texted are much worse than most of the things they have said about the people they've held for a year. And he happens to be a self-acknowledged member of Antifa, who's even on uh, social media training people on how to use Antifa uh, equipment. And he invited people to January 6th 
One of them, I believe, says in order to take out the president. The guy was held maybe an hour by the uh, police, or and they let him go on, on that day, and he's been free ever since. He's, this is the same man who is indicted in Utah for inciting a riot and photographing another person who was killed. Now, why is this guy Johnson, uh, Sullivan rather, John Sullivan, why is he free? It's unbelievable. You bring up some great questions. It is absolutely unbelievable. Do me a favor, Rudy Giuliani, stay with us. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. We're going to have more with America's mayor about this double standard of justice and the fact that this administration is giving BLM basically a slap on the wrist for those deadly riots across America. No one basically has been held accountable to the truest form of punishment that they should receive. And very few have been arrested. We're going to talk much more with Rudy Giuliani after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We're talking about a man who was convicted of burning down a pawn shop during the BLM riots getting a very much reduced sentence. And by the way, in that arson also killed a 30-year-old man who was a father of five who happened to be inside. He didn't even get charged with his death at all. It is outrageous. And that's just one of a handful of cases. Here's another one. Uh, A 20-year-old Mohammed Hussein Abdi, he was given probation. This is stunning. Convicted of trying to set a fire to a high school Throughout the Black Lives Matter riots in Minneapolis after the death of George Floyd, again, given probation was basically his punishment, even though he is caught on videotape, basically showing, you know, pouring the liquid from a white container, then putting it in a trash can, then uh, using a liquid-soaked garment and setting the fire to the trash can before running away. Um, Overall, by the way, 1,500 businesses in Minneapolis, St. Paul area were damaged. And just in that area alone, the damage was $500 million in damages. And we continue now with America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. You know, Rudy, there are only a handful of these cases, and it's stunning to see just the lack of enforcement and the lack of penalty to these people. And what message does that send to these BLM rioters who really had free-for-all during the summer of 2020? You know, what lesson do they get? They, they don't get a lesson that they're going to be punished. The lesson they get is what we're seeing playing out right now uh, in the, month, um, the last month of January, in which we've had a crime wave unheard of in the United States. Uh, we see... Uh, people going into stores and ripping them apart, taking everything out and nothing happening. Uh, they feel perfectly comfortable just walking in, even being photographed doing it. Uh, the law means nothing to them because this administration, the Biden administration, funded by Soros, has gotten the message across. They started in 2015 that don't respect the laws of this country. Uh, the form of government's going to change. We're no longer going to be the United States of America. We're going to be a socialist country. We're going to be uh, dominated by One World, which is the name of his organization, right? This is is the contrivance of a sick man and the implementation of a philosophy that's 150 years old, communism. And it's all come together, and there are Democrats who are actively involved, 
There are Democrats who are being paid off to do it. And there are Democrats that are too stupid to realize how they're being used. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, you know, when you talk about this philosophy, it's exactly what you're saying, because it's like, okay, well, they thought that those were peaceful protests, even though that scene, of course, I always think of it. uh, It was an MSNBC scene where the reporter is standing. I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. The reporter and the building burning. I mean, Ali Veshi. Ali Veshi was the, yes, was the host. And right. The buildings, it's like on fire all behind him. And there he's like, it's a peaceful protest. You would have thought Mother Teresa was walking down the street, but it looks like a it looks like a scene out of Die Hard behind him. You know, it's unbelievable, CNN, Rudy. CNN and NBC are a desecration to anything American. I mean, they're they're uh, the, the, the lies that they perpetrate are so gross. Uh, you have to wonder what what's behind it. Why are they doing it? Uh, I can't tell you if I if I were to write a book on the lives that they have perpetrated that are enormously harmful to the American people. I mean, look at that cover up of China now. NBC is is making money from the genocide capital of the world. I mean, no one's ever killed more people than China. Uh, Sixty million of their own people have been slaughtered while NBC is photographing and making money from China. The Chinese are are killing people in concentration camps. Oh, it's unbelievable. Rudy, I know exactly what you're talking about with the Uyghurs. Um, It is atrocious. They're also selling fentanyl to Mexico. Great points. People are overdosing on it all over the country. I mean, I think they're deliberately doing it. Uh, Rudy, it is heartbreaking to hear. Rudy, we have a heartbreak. I love you. Thank you for joining us on such an important topic. America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Thank you, Rudy, so much. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, a story from Bucksport, Maine. Beautiful Bucksport, Maine. I love that place. The town manager, Susan Lassard, and the town council have honored several law enforcement officers there for saving lives. The officers were recognized for an incident where they spent 30 critical minutes talking to a man balanced outside a bridge railing on a very high bridge. The town manager said sometimes the difference between life and death for a person experiencing a mental health crisis is finding people who can cut through a despondent fog, calm down an out-of-control rage, or just extend the hand of help. The man was in an extremely despondent condition and made it clear that he definitely intended to end his life. She further said, I have no question that without the intervention of these caring, trained police officers, This man would have succeeded in his attempt and likely not survived the waters below. So bravo to the great law enforcement officers recognized for saving this man's life and for taking the time and the care to do so. It is so important to always back our men and women in blue. And because I have such a love of our men and women in blue, I think one of the most heartbreaking things that I remember from the, quote, summer of love that was really the summer of hell for so many of us in America with these Black Lives Matters protesters taking place all over the country were these scenes where I saw people beating police officers, burning down buildings, you know, businesses destroyed, looting. I mean, these scenes that we saw all over the country, the police station, 
You know, remember in, in Portland, that was unbelievable. As soon as I saw that police station, and also after I've seen it in Minneapolis when they were going after the police station, I thought, it's over. That's bad. The minute that the police were basically told, stand back and let your station burn, I thought, this is anarchy. This is horrible. We have to throw the book at these people. And basically, as you just heard from Rudy Giuliani here on the Rita Cosby Show, 26 people killed, 1,000 people ended up in hospitals, billions of dollars of damage. Many people never got their businesses back. Many people didn't survive. Many people never got their lives back because of all the damage attributed to so many of these Black Lives Matter looters and rioters who are causing mayhem across our country. Take a listen to this woman who was supporting them. For the record, I support all that I support them looting the the damn Dollar Tree. I support the looting of uh, what other did they loot, Uh, like the the advanced auto parts. Um, I remember last year they looted Target. I support all that Loot all that Do you know why? Because black people and marginalized and oppressed people could loot every store in this whole country for 200 years. It would not even come close to the debt that America owes us. Tear all that up. Tear it up. Because really, that's the language. That's the only language this country understands. Wow. And that was echoed over and over again. That was like typical comments from them over and over again. Yeah, we're allowed to rob. We're allowed to do this. We're allowed to beat officers. Officers are racist. It was horrible. And the damage was irreplaceable. And here's another person who was harassing a police officer. Here's another Black Lives activist. I'm sorry your husband hits you, but you don't have to take that on us. There's actually, we would actually abolish him. We would abolish your husband. We would abolish him. We would abolish him in a second, in a heartbeat. You come to us, we'll keep you safe. Unbelievable. That's an activist talking to a female police officer. I mean, just it the rhetoric and the destruction and the damage and the crime was on and on and on. And now we are finding that only a few of those people who were involved. And remember, we saw so much on videotape. I mean, the world was watching when Macy's was being robbed. The world was watching when the streets of New York City were ablaze. The world was watching when Portland was ablaze, Atlanta, Tennessee. I mean, so many places around the country, Miami, the list goes on and on and on. The videotape was some of the strongest evidence out there. And you would have thought, God, they're going to be able to get tens of thousands of them because surely there are definitely tens of thousands of them causing this kind of destruction across America, burning and looting and beating cops and beating innocent people left and right. You know, and you got it on videotape. So how easy could it be? Here you go, officer. Here it is. Here, judge. Here it is. And guess what's happened? A number of the people, and particularly that we are learning about in the last few days, have gotten virtually no jail time. I was talking about the one case of this guy, Montez Terrell Lee, 26-year-old of Rochester, Minnesota, right in the height of the George Floyd riots, lit a pawn shop on fire, and there was a 30-year-old man and a father of five who was inside who was killed by the blaze. So you would think, God, throw the book at this guy for murder or involuntary manslaughter, whatever it is. Nuh-uh. He barely gets, he gets a light arson sentence, and his sentence gets cut in half. Doesn't even get charged with anything associated with the death. How disgusting is that? 
And then another case of this 20-year-old guy, Mohammed Hussein Abdi, that according to reports was given a probation sentence for lighting a high school on fire. Here he is in the Minneapolis area, and he was arrested. I'm surprised he even was arrested in June 2020. That was a month after entering the high school through a broken glass door throughout the Floyd riot. He could be seen on security footage pouring liquid from a white container onto the floor and then into a trash can. Then he took a liquid-soaked garment and set fire to the trash can before running away as flames and smoke started to spread. I mean, unbelievable. And again, in Minneapolis alone, half a billion dollars worth of damage. This, to me, is just shocking. And guess what does he get for that? He's caught on videotape doing that. And he gets a basically a probation sentence, which is just shocking and disgusting. And can you imagine if it was a Trump supporter? If there was a Trump supporter walking by that high school, that probably would have had life imprisonment. The double standards by this Justice Department are disgusting and I think so blatant. And the fact that even only a handful of them have even been charged. And when they are charged, suddenly the Department of Justice intervenes and reduces their sentence, cuts their sentence, makes it something easy. Oh, we have to sympathize with them because they're Black Lives Matter protesters. I mean, are you kidding me? They were destroying America and those people should get a pass. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Here is Senator Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, talking about this, and he said this needs to be investigated. This two systems of justice cannot happen in America. The prosecutors there have recommended sentencing below the sentencing guideline for the crime that they've been charged with because of their sympathies for groups like BLM. That's totally inappropriate. And he also said that by doing this, by giving them essentially a slap on the wrist, if that, that doesn't help them basically to learn that crime doesn't pay. You know, that basically doesn't teach them any sort of lesson whatsoever. They got it off scot-free from those deadly riots because nobody in this administration wants to go up against them. In fact, remember, Kamala Harris was donating to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And also remember, Biden had a number of campaign workers that were donating to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, advocating for them, financially donating to them. I mean, it doesn't get any crazier than that. Here's a little more from Mitch McConnell. Look, um, you don't improve this issue by going soft on prosecuting crimes. And um, I think it's important for us to underscore uh, prosecution that fits the crime and support for the police who are trying to keep law and order in our country. Yeah, I agree. Let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Eric, your thoughts about this? You're sounding the alarm. Thank you. <laughs> um, remember, also just trying to shine life. a light on on yes. the truth because no. you know what? You, you, Justice you, should be we colorblind. Need, we need you. We need you. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, remember De Blasio saying, "Oh, oh, um, 
uh, BLM, uh, black libtards, uh, black libtard morons. That's what I call them. I'm sorry, you know. Uh, BLM transcends COVID. I mean, what, excuse me? So this is their signal. These are going to be their brown shirts. This is the nudge, nudge, wink, wink, you know, we got your back. Don't worry. You know, and like you said, you stole my Kamala Harris thing. Uh, you know, did she personally bail out the, the arsonist uh, and the terrorists? Like, you know, because BLM and Antifa, they are terrorist organizations, basically. You know, and, and it's, there's a pattern. It's not a random pattern. You know um, Jim, in, Jim in Brooklyn. He's talked to Rudy Giuliani about this type of thing. Well, uh, different aspects of it, but he's, uh, you know, you got to um, probably call in about this. But, you know, I thank, we have to thank you, Rita, and, and you know, all you guys at, at, the, at the station. Thank it's you. Scary. Thank you. Know, you. you have to, have to see the pattern to, that, that's going on here, you know? It's unbelievable. So it. <laughs> Eric, it's, thank it's, you. It's, I love the call. You're awesome. Thank you. And you know what? Also, I feel like the facts are the facts. You know, I'm all for equal justice, just not preferential justice and deciding because you don't like the politics of one individual, you're going to throw the book at them. And because you sympathize with the other uh, you're going to go, oh, well, that person, you know, let's just forget that that guy. I would be outraged. Can you imagine if it was your father who was inside that shop and it burned down and and the guy hasn't even been charged with murder? It's like what his life doesn't matter. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Teddy in Yonkers. Teddy, your thoughts about this? Hi, Rita. Rita, I've been listening to you for a long time. I disagree with you on many things, but I like you. I like listening to you. Uh, myself and Stan, thank you. Thank well, you. Only, uh, myself and Stan, the other uh, so-called liberal or moderate, uh, we have similar viewpoints. And Rita, I agree with you 100 percent on what took place after the George Floyd uh, killing was disgraceful, reprehensible, and the justice system did not come hard hard down on down hard on them. Yep. And I agree with you. But Rita. You must also talk about the decision by the Republican Party to declare the attack on the Capitol legitimate political discourse cannot be minimized or ignored. And, Rita, you don't talk about it. And your station, Miranda Devine, Giuliani, uh, the guys in the morning, they minimize it. They think it was nothing. And, Rita, you haven't said much about it at all. Well, okay, Teddy, hang on one second. First of all, Miranda is a guest on the show. Uh, She's been a guest on the station, but she's not a host here. Um, But I'll tell you, at least from my perspective, um, and she's done some great investigative work, by the way, on the Hunter Biden situation. That's a whole other story. But, Teddy, first of all, do you think that it was genuine political discourse, the BLM protesters? D- do you call that? I didn't see any discourse. I just saw screaming and shouting at police officers and burning buildings. I didn't see much discourse. I agree with you. I said that from the, at the outset. I agree with you 100 percent. But, Rita, unfortunately, people like myself and Stan— who call it on both sides. And by the way, by the way, I love you guys. You know that. I take all calls on the, on my show, and I love that because I love hearing different views. I And to your point, anybody who committed violence, whether it was there at the Capitol, if somebody committed violence there, I say throw the book at them too. I just say that it has to be equal. What I am seeing right now are clearly two different kinds of systems of justices. You can't suddenly throw the book at somebody. Um, how about that shaman guy? Remember the guy with the, like the crazy outfit? And it turns out yeah. he had, you know, yeah. he had uh, mental problems and he yeah. needed medicine and they haven't yeah. given him his medicine and he's in solitary confinement. And apparently he's not even accused of anything serious other than really trespassing. In fact, 
Uh, do you remember, Teddy, that video? I think it was the New York Post, actually, that had the video. or the, I, I can't remember if it was them or New York Magazine. One of the two posted the video of him roaming around in the chamber. And, and the police officer is like, sir, do you want to come over here? Oh, yeah, is it okay if we take a picture? I mean, yeah, he, he shouldn't have been in there, right? You know, but, but it wasn't like he was harming anybody at the time. That guy apparently has been in solitary confinement, Teddy. And then yet this guy, you can't, you can't kind of go, you know, wait a minute. Okay, that guy, he had a crazy outfit and, yeah, and, and all that. But you don't throw somebody in, in solitary confinement for bad outfits, you know. And then on the other hand, you got this guy who is a BLM arsonist, convicted arsonist. They got him on videotape. And a father of five is dead and he doesn't even get charged with murder and he barely gets even time for arson. Does that sound like equal justice to you? I just think it needs to be fair. I think if you do violence against someone, whatever your political leanings are, it's a bad thing. They would have if they would have caught Mike Pence when they were parading in the Capitol and they said, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. Don't you think that that is a serious outrageous, reprehensible federal crime, because if they would have seen Mike Pence, he would have been injured or maybe killed. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I don't like that kind of rhetoric, by the way, Teddy. I did not like when I heard that kind of rhetoric. I I do agree that that kind of rhetoric, anything that's insightful or threatening to somebody is totally inappropriate. I agree with you. But listen, you just actually gave yourself a very good example. You talked about verbal threats these guys not only made verbal threats, I mean, let me just play again, Teddy. I want to play this clip again that I just played a moment ago. This is this woman who is supporting. This is uh, cut number seven. This is BLM. Uh, tell me if this sounds incendiary. Take a listen. For the record, I support all that. Shit. I support them looting the, the damn Dollar Tree. I support the looting of uh, what other shit did they loot, uh, like, the, like the advanced auto parts. Um, I remember last year they t- looted Target. I support all that. Shit. Loot all that. Shit. You know why? Because black people and marginalized and oppressed people could loot every store in this whole country for 200 years. It would not even come close to the debt that America owes us. Tear all that shit up. Tear it up. Because really, that's the language. That's the only language this country understands. So, Teddy, when you hear that, I wouldn't want to run into her in the middle of the street. And guess what? Uh, She seems to think because of racial inequities, they deserve to burn every building down and basically hit every police officer on the head with a brick. That's what was happening to a lot of them. Rita, like people like that, then this country is doomed. I agree. By the way, by the way, Teddy, to me, I'm, I'm really happy to hear you say that because I don't support violence on any side. That's where I come from. But it is so unbelievable that there are so many people that are on videotape carrying out violence, not just making threats, but actually carrying out violence. And I don't like people to threaten it either. I think that that's inappropriate. I'm totally with you on that. I don't like any of these these horrible threats or, or accusations. I don't like any of that. But when I hear people who were burning and looting caught on videotape, including one that led right to a murder of somebody, they're not even charged with murder. They barely get charged with arson. There's something really rotten in our Justice Department. And and I agree with you, Teddy. I, I hate the double standards. And that's where I'm coming from. And Teddy, I love your call. You got to call back again. You are awesome. We're going to take your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, I also often read your tweets here on the air. You can follow me on at Rita Cosby on Twitter, and I often read them out loud. In fact, Sal writes, uh, Rita Cosby, if today's thugs do not respect or fear the law, maybe it's because too many legislators gave them a reason not to respect the law. That's a great point, Sal. And very interesting. And also, by the way, if you got a Justice Department that gives you a free pass, what kind of lesson do they get? Remember this? This is when Black Lives Matter was bombarding a Chinese restaurant. Take a listen to this. This establishment is uh, not black owned, but using you're stealing black culture. Is this not black culture? Trap tea, the boba plug? No, you're thieves. Asian Asian people stealing black black culture once again, once again. It's okay. You'll be exposed though. You're not black owned. You're stealing black culture. Thank you for coming. No, I came here because I thought it was black owned. That's why I came here. So my friends, I'm supporting a black business. Wow. If you're not black, then I guess don't eat there, right? That's the rules. Wow. Talk about incendiary. Can you imagine Uh, the past that Black Lives Matter? And those are calm exchanges. There were times, remember, when they were going after those people? I just remember the video of them, like, at a restaurant. Remember, there was, like, a couple, and they suddenly got on their table, and they were shouting at them and screaming at them. And here were just these people who just happened to be going to a restaurant. And then there was looting and burning and all over the place. What a disaster. And these folks who were doing the real damaging destruction, I'm talking about the burning and the looting, even deaths, a number of them have not been charged. It is outrageous. And it looks like the Justice Department is giving them a slap on the wrist. Um, Real quick, David in the Bronx, you've just got a few seconds, David. Go ahead. Well, uh, very quickly, uh, I agree with a lot of things you're saying. I don't condone the violence from either side, but this is the problem. This is the problem. The right side, the conservative side, Proud Boys, et cetera, et cetera, you guys started this nonsense. The police department— I'm not a Proud Boy. David, I'm not a Proud Boy, and I'm proud to say that, you know, but I'm always proud of taking your calls, everybody, and I always love hearing from everybody, and I think violence on any side is wrong, but it has to be equal— This Justice Department by Biden can't say, oh, we'll turn a blind eye because their Black Lives Matter. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You know that crime is bad when somebody like Al Sharpton is even complaining about it. Al Sharpton, you know, the kind of guy who's like, oh, no, no problems there, nothing to see there. Well, things are so bad that Al Sharpton was on MSNBC's Morning Joe. And take a listen to this exchange as to how difficult life is in New York for Al Sharpton. You go to a local pharmacy, Dwayne Reed or, or Rite Aid, any of them, and you've got to get someone to help yeah. assist you. I mean, they, they have the little button there. Yep. You hit the buzzer, and the guy comes over and unlocks your toothpaste. Yes. I mean, we're talking about basic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <That's what laughs> he said. He's <laughs> well. What did I miss that we now have to lock up toothpaste? 
uh, what you missed is a skyrocketing crime issue and also dealing with soft on crime DAs around the country that you somehow are not really condemning enough. You barely have taken these soft on crime DAs to task. We've been talking about Black Lives Matter. You haven't really said anything about them either. You know, it's like maybe your silence has added to some of these problems. And speaking of crime, if you see some of the headlines across the country, by the way, there was a shot. I couldn't believe it. Um, it, It's on the cover of the New York Post. You see this guy walking out with 10 steaks that he took from a restaurant um, and is literally walking out with a whole bunch of steaks that are like frozen steaks out. It's like it's unbelievable. It's like, hey, okay, I'm going to take them. And these scenes are happening across the country. In Washington state, there's unbelievable images that we were seeing today of bat-wielding guys. There's a homeless man who was 31 years old. He actually attacked a woman. This happened in Seattle. And she was on her way home from work. And suddenly, out of nowhere, this guy who was a repeat offender, again, a homeless guy, comes right from behind her and clocks her, pounds her, and knocks her out by hitting her like full force with two arms with a baseball bat. It is unbelievable. And these are these horrible, vicious, random crimes that are taking place across the country, whether it's pushing somebody into a subway train, whether it's just blatantly stealing. Um, But some of these things are just absolutely horrible. The stabbing that we've talked about in Los Angeles of uh, Brianna Kupfer, Again, by a repeat offender, these patterns are happening over and over again. So I have been astounded that this White House has not had the cojones to put their foots down and basically said, you know what? Things are so bad. Clearly, the polls are showing it. People are extremely concerned about crime. If you look at some of the latest polls, crime and inflation, you know, the cost of things when we go to the store that we all see, whether it's food or gas or anything like that. All of those things, plus crime, those two things are the two key issues for everybody right now. And clearly the Democrats are hearing it, but they don't seem to be doing much about it. They sort of say, oh, yeah, we didn't really mean defund the police, but we do push for community policing. We didn't really mean this, but we did. They're trying to like kind of thread the needle and have it both ways. And so as they are trying to pretend that they're tough on crime... News stories have come out in the last two or three days, and these are stunning, about the safe injection sites, about an increase in safe injection sites across the country. There are already two in New York. There are some in San Francisco. And San Francisco is like needle haven. I mean, if you look at some of the locations, there's this huge open park where people are just blatantly shooting up and doing drugs. And it has been allowed. London Breed, who's the mayor there, who promised to be tough on crime, came out the other day and said, you know what? I'm going to pick my battles. This is not really a battle. Nobody wants to go around some of these areas where they basically have taken over the area. It's almost like the chop zone. Remember when that happened in Seattle where they had like their own little area and nobody wanted to go in? Uh, Basically, if you weren't part of them, you weren't really even allowed to go in. Remember, there were even shootings that happened in there and, in fact, a murder or two. Well, in San Francisco, the same thing is happening. They've kind of become this huge encampment. Same thing in Washington, D.C. If you get out at Union Station in Washington, D.C., I was out there, I remember a couple months ago, I couldn't believe it. I used to live in Washington, D.C. I know it well. I used to work for Fox News right down the street, a few blocks away. I used to go to Union Station all the time. I remember walking out and seeing, 
I was like, oh, God, there's a campground here now suddenly in front of Union Station. It's that whole area there, that whole circle in front has been taken over by homeless people and drug addicts. And it's because of this soft on crime policy. And they are now saying that they want to increase these safe injection sites. That is unbelievable to me. That's outrageous as it comes with reports that they might even consider giving crack pipes to addicts to, quote, get this, improve racial equity. How does that improve racial equity? By giving them better quality crack pipes as opposed to what the white people can afford, better quality crack pipes? So we're going to give you, you know, African-American people, Biden-endorsed high-quality crack pipes so you can do your crack? I mean, to me, this is an utter disdain. Help them. Don't encourage people, whatever color they are, to do drugs. And to me, I think it's outrageous that these ideas are even being floated around and are indeed being discussed at different various levels. Well, today, during the White House briefing, Jen Psaki was asked about it by Jackie Heinrich. She's one of the Fox News correspondents who covers the White House. And listen to this arrogance and this exchange from Jen Psaki, Circle Back Psaki. What would you say to critics who are concerned that um, the Biden administration is somehow encouraging illegal drug use? I think that it's important to step back and remember, just to put a little more of a fine point on it, that we're losing an American life every five minutes to overdose. We don't have time for political games. Uh, The president's focused on saving lives through harm reduction programs. That's exactly what we're talking about here. They work in red states and they work in blue states. We know they save lives. They help connect people to treatment and recovery. And they were endorsed this week by a bipartisan commission co-chaired by Senator Tom Cotton that examined steps we must uh, take to address the devastating toll of overdoses. So what I would say is this is not a game. This is not a political game. This is an epidemic that is taking the life of, of, uh, of an American every five minutes, and we need to work in a bipartisan way to address it. You know what's stunning to me? I watched that when she said that, and I thought the follow-up question needs to be, so why do you have an open border? Because the fentanyl and much of the drugs and the opioids that you're talking about that are claiming the lives of so many precious Americans are coming through the southern border. It's a fact. They're coming from China, then they're going through Mexico, and then they're coming into the United States. So why do you have an open border? What are you doing to regulate drugs on the on the southern border that are being carried in by illegal immigrants and by coyotes that are coming across the border? Uh, hello? You know, you're sitting there and saying it's not being politicized, and yet you don't even have the guts to close the U.S. border? It is an epidemic. It is something serious. So why do you have an open border? Uh, to me, it is just disgusting, and it is it is a dereliction of duty, and it is outrageous. And it is such a serious, serious issue when I think about the crime issue of what's happening in the United States. By the way, in 2021, fentanyl seizures were up 134% from the year before. It's a serious issue. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death between 18 to 45-year-olds in the United States, and yet they want us to think they're compassionate, so they're going to set up these safe shooting up sites, possibly send crack cocaine pipes, do all these things because they want to be sympathetic to the junkie. And yet they're not closing the southern border that's funneling massive amounts of drugs, basically almost close to 100 percent of the drugs coming through the southern border. Does that make any sense to any of you out there? 
It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Uh, let's go to Keith in Queens. Go ahead, Keith. Your thoughts about this. Yeah, hi, Rita. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? How are you? I'm good. Uh, Rita, this is the whole story. I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell. The essence of the Democratic Party is to flood this country for the next four years. I'd say four million people coming in each year, 16 million people in four years. They're going to all vote Democrat. They're giving them all the services. They'll break the country either way, whether the, the $3.5 trillion goes through or it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're going to go through the back door. They'll cry that the, the Republicans are refusing to give these people services, which is going to bankrupt this country. There'll be a major depression. But that's that's one part of it. The other part of By it the is, way, that alone, and I'll, I'll let you finish, Keith, but that's a gloomy picture, boy. But but you know what? I I I can't fathom a reason why someone would have the border so open and that she had the audacity to start scolding reporters to say, this is a serious issue. You know, if it's really serious, there's an obvious place to plug. You know, I, I mean, that's what's the it's an obvious issue that they do not want to close the border. And just like you said, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think they're trying to increase voters, increase who they believe will ultimately, you know, uh, be on their side. It's part of the sort of values that they have in this country and, and also bringing in folks It just and bringing folks who have coronavirus and drugs. I mean, talk about putting a national security risk to this country, Keith. Get to the coronavirus. They're intentionally bringing them in unvetted and unvaxxed because they want to keep this virus alive to show cause for mail-in balloting. That's why they're bringing them in and shooting them all over the country. Their problem is they can't get the people in fast enough, get them on buses, get them away from the border, get them to the airport, get them in cities, put them in houses, and get ID cards sent to them as soon as possible. That's their problem. Our problem is they're going to kill this country. And Rudy Giuliani hit it right on the head. They want to socialize this government. And this is exactly the way they're going to do it. And they're doing it in all different types of phases. They want to get rid of the filibuster. They, the one guy, Schumer's working on that. They have other people working on other things. They yeah, have- Keith, Keith, you're kind of deviating, but but I hear you. I, I hear, and you look at the way and packing the courts, that's another one. There's so many of these different things, you guys, that they are trying to do to change everything. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. What do you make of the fact that they are talking about increasing the safe injection sites so what so people have an easier route to shoot up. Talk about drug dealers, gangs, everybody gathering around there. And word that they might also give crack pipes out in, in sort of a safe smoking kit. I, I mean, you know, does this make any sense? Here you go. Keep up the drugs. I bet you Hunter Biden will be in line. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, in the last few minutes, it's been reported that the Department of Homeland Security is monitoring a threat on the border. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's great. They're finally going to clamp down on the southern border. Mayorkas finally got like an epiphany. Uh Uh-uh. Get this. The DHS, Biden's Department of Homeland Security, is monitoring the threat 
of a potential convoy of the truckers coming from Canada into the United States, that they are keeping an eye on that and they're putting it out there, basically. How crazy is that? You've got these truckers who are fighting for freedom and trying to get the word out about vaccinations and mandates and all that stuff. By the way, 90% of them are vaccinated. They just don't like the idea that they have to quarantine on different sides of the border because they're kind of going back and forth between, of course, Canada and the United States. And so it's the quarantine issue that's a big issue. But the Department of Homeland Security puts out a message basically essentially that they are monitoring the threat from the trucker convoy. And yet we don't hear anything about the southern border from the Department of Homeland Security. Talk about an irony to that one. And we have been talking about obviously increased drugs that are coming through the southern border. Drugs that people like Hunter Biden know all too well. Remember how messed up he was? He couldn't even tell the difference between cocaine and Parmesan cheese and even admitted it during an interview on his big old book tour. You know, I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, (laughs) anyone that you know. Boy, that is messed up. And uh, speaking of crazy kind of analogies, New York City Mayor Eric Adams recently came out. He was talking, of course, about his vegan diet that he wants it in schools and all that other stuff. He's big into his plant-based diet for New Yorkers. Um, And he said, quote, food is like a drug. If you take someone on heroin, put them in one room, and someone hooked on cheese and put them in another room, you can take it away. And I challenge you to tell me the person who's hooked on heroin and the one who's hooked on cheese. Um, I think if it was Hunter Biden, he'd know which room it is, depending on the day. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex in Mountain View. Go ahead, Alex. Your thoughts about all this? All right. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, although fentanyl and some of these other issues are important problems caused by the open borders, in my opinion, I think the most serious problem is that uh, open borders over the last three decades has literally changed our electoral demographics. If European Americans had remained at about 80 percent of that of that electorate with uh, secure borders, then uh, Gavin Newsom and Biden would not have been elected president. Biden would not have been president. Gavin Newsom would not have been governor. Lightfoot would not be mayor of San Francisco. And those last 13 soldiers of ours that died in Afghanistan would never have died. So I think that is the most serious problem. But unfortunately, we can't fix it because we can't go back in time and reclose that border. You know, Alex, by the way, um, you talked about um, Afghanistan. Um, Stay with us, too, because everybody in about 20 minutes or so from now, I'm going to talk about the fact that Today, we heard sort of similar rhetoric, if you will, from the Pentagon and other people saying, oh, we're going to now get Americans out of Ukraine. Boy, we're going to get them out. We're going to make sure. And it just hearkens so much of just what a chaotic and horrible withdrawal it was out of Afghanistan. And what a mistake it was, as Alex, you just um, just said very eloquently there, too. Alex, thank you. Really important call. Let's go to Susan in Brooklyn. Susan, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts about this? Well, I think you're talking now more about the um, drug infiltration here. Yep. And Okay. Well, I am very disappointed in um, the fact that our new mayor 
has pretty much admitted that he's like a weed smoker. He's done it publicly on uh, television. And now we're seeing that the... um, But you know what, Susan? You know what, Susan, though? A lot of people have come out and said that, you know, they've smoked marijuana or done whatever. Um, You know, obviously recreational is still in some other levels being examined. Obviously medicinals approved, you know, um, recreational coming soon. Um, I don't, I agree with you, by the way. I don't think it sets a good example. I don't think it's cool. I didn't like when, uh, remember Clinton said he didn't inhale. I didn't believe that one either. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story out of Howell, New Jersey. There, the deputy mayor wants to create a wall of heroes. She said she wants to bring it to the town hall. It's called a Wall of Heroes, a military memorial. And her vision is to place a TV, a large one in that area, that's going to continuously show pictures of military members from that area. She said the idea of the Wall of Heroes is to show our military and our veterans how much they mean to us. The deputy mayor further said she's pro-military. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, She is the daughter of a Marine And her grandfather was in the Army. Her brother was also in the Marines. She said, I have always believed that we should honor our military because they have done so much for us, our country, and our freedom. Bravo. I love this idea, and I hope that there are more walls of heroes across this country. Well, because I think the military should be much more active at what's happening on the border Uh, And a lot of people in the military, by the way, that I have talked to are just shaking their heads when they see how crazy this situation is with an open border. And now these new headlines coming out where the Biden administration is thinking of setting up the safe injection sites in various major cities around the country in cities where there are skyrocketing homicide and other numbers and drug numbers and robbery numbers. I mean, you see. There are so many crimes that have been taking place, and the numbers are escalating all over the place. Sixteen cities across America had unprecedented homicide rates, historic homicide rates. Crime is really rampant, and yet this administration is pushing for ideas like safe injection sites, potentially giving crack pipes and smoking kits to junkies. I I mean— What is Hunter Biden advising this president behind the scenes? I guess he is on this one because he's an expert. Well, today, Jen Psaki at the White House press briefing was asked by Jackie Heinrich, the one of the Fox correspondents there about this policy and about the essence of this. Is this true that there are looking at the possibility of safe injection sites? It just seems unbelievable, especially at a time where crime is skyrocketing. Take a listen to this exchange. On the safe injection sites that the DOJ is evaluating, mm-hmm. um, was this a, an ask from the White House that they review that policy? Because I know that for years DOJ has opposed efforts to open safe injection sites. It's under litigation, so I can't speak to that. But what I can tell you and reiterate is that uh, the White House is committed, as, as I will, as I would reiterate for you, many Democrats and Republicans, including Senator Cruz, uh, to taking steps to address the opioid crisis. This is not an issue that is inflicting just blue states. It is inflicting uh, millions of Americans across the country, and it 
is important that we take steps to address it. Yeah, we're looking at it. No big deal. Yeah, it's great. What do you think? We're going to, uh, you know, give them a whole bunch of drugs. We're going to inject them. Yeah, where's the problem? Next question. Well, the head of the Fraternal Order of Police, Joe Grimaldi, had this to say about the Biden administration's policies. And now the Biden administration is rolling out injection sites. Just how out of touch are they with the American people? Just look at our urban communities right now. We are seeing urban decay in real time. Look no further than 16 American cities having their highest murder rate ever last year. You add on top of that crime and disorder everywhere. People are moving out in droves. Businesses are clothing, closing. And opening up injection sites is only going to exacerbate that problem. And Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis says this administration needs to focus on one big hole that they have down south. I think instead we should be focused on long-term treatment. Uh, We should also be stopping the problem at its core, which means that we should be going after the supply. Uh, We have a major issue right now where fentanyl is streaming over our southern border. Um, This is part of, you know, the open borders policy. The drug cartels are actually overrunning our Custom and Border Patrol agents, and that is a major problem. And DEA is saying that 80% of the fentanyl is streaming over our border, so we need to secure our border. Yeah, we need to secure our border. That's where most of this is coming from. They're trying to say we're doing this to make sure that they're doing it in a safe place to help them get off of it. What about cutting off the supply? A second grader would know that you got to cut off the border. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ernesto in New Jersey. Go ahead, Ernesto. Your thoughts? Uh, you know what? I would feel, I'd feel actually safer if we were run by the Chinese or the Russian government in this country. Wow. Uh, Why do you say that? Well, because the Democrats, beginning with the president and his whole family, are a bunch of degenerates. Yeah. How, did, how? By the way, how did you like Ernesto? I got to play my favorite clip again. Uh, this is um, stay with us because I got to get your reaction. You seem like a really smart guy, Ernesto. I want to get your take on Hunter Biden. This is Hunter Biden who couldn't figure out cocaine and Parmesan cheese. You know, I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that re- even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoke more parmesan cheese than anyone <laughs> anyone that you know uh ernesto that's the pres- that's the smartest guy he knows according to joe biden he said hunter biden is the smartest guy i know oh my god it's pathetic and he finds it funny it is it's scary it's isn't it funny. scary it's yeah scary it's- we're, we're going to hell. We're in hell already. It's, it's, I mean, unless something's drastically done. This, yeah. can't stay. this, this is terrible. It is, it's Ernesto. Terrible. It's really disheartening. Thank you. But we're with you, Ernesto. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Always great to hear your thoughts. Let's go to Karen in Rockland County. Karen, your thoughts. Go ahead, Karen. Oh, hi, how are you? I just want to know, uh, was that guy stealing Omaha steaks from that restaurant? You know what? I don't know because they, by the way, they're really good. Omaha has some good ones and Kansas City steaks. You're right. You don't know. That, that, if that's the case, it was top dollar, right? Uh, the total moral decline in this country is frightening. And I like the way they're, and, you know, they're enabling, the government's enabling all these degenerates and these the bad elements in our society just to continue with their vices. But maybe they can have the crack pipe, the... Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, in with the heroin lounge so that, you know, they can save on rent. 
You know, the thing is, though, Karen, they have an expert with Hunter Biden. I mean, at least there, you know what? He didn't have any background to be able to judge people, you know, to do the work in China. He didn't have any background to work in Russia. He didn't have any background in Ukraine. At least I would contend he's an expert at drugs. So, so at least, at least he, maybe he should be getting paid for this because this is an area he knows well about addiction, right, Karen? But a scare him, you know. That, you know, good, good abiding, good abiding, law-abiding people have to, you know, put up with this crap. It is, and nothing happens. You know, the government just goes along. And I mean, I can't su- believe that they still have their jaws because they have denied their oath of office, every one of them. Yeah, I agree, Karen. National ab- security. It's ridiculous what's going on. It is. It is you know, absolutely stunning. Walk around. You know, I mean, I haven't gone into New York City in two years because. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go in with all that, you know, I don't want a fire extinguisher up my head or something. Make sure, by the way, if you come, bring uh, uh, body armor, you know? I mean, I'm telling you, bring body armor, mace, and uh, and pray, and some rosary. You know, it, it is. It's sad. It has really gone downhill. And, it's you know, it breaks my heart, Karen, because, you know, uh, I was born in Brooklyn. You know, I'm a New Yorker. You know, I love this area. And when I hear how many people don't want to come into the city and are just so disenchanted with it and concerned, and and rightfully so. Um, And you know what's interesting, Karen? you got to stick with us because in about uh, seven, eight minutes or so from now, I'm going to talk about – you talked about sort of national security and dereliction. I'm going to talk about that today they came out at the Pentagon and they were talking about how they're going to evacuate people out of Ukraine and boy, that just harkens back to everything in Afghanistan. Oh, no, no, trust us. We know how to do this. We're professionals. What, are you going to have Ukrainians grabbing to the planes, too, as the planes are taken off? I mean, you know, unbelievable. So definitely uh, listen to that one, Karen. That's coming up in just a few minutes from now. Let's go to Wilfred in Newark. Go ahead, Wilfred, your thoughts. So that guy that was talking about Europeans, not enough Europeans in America, the problem is, not enough Americans. You got to start calling yourself American, African American, Italian American. That keeps people separated. That's part of the thing. Just like with PT, PT talking with PT, they got hate crimes in because they start talking about that, which is totally unconstitutional. What's your point, Wilfred? What's your point? I just want to make sure I understand you. Oh no, I was just answering some things that that guy said. So my point is, America, you have to start thinking yourself as an American, not as an Italian-American. You know what I'm saying? People- no, I agree. By the way, I, I do agree. Listen, we're all in this together. You want the best for the country. Um, I think sometimes when people identify, I mean, especially if it's like, okay, they're an Italian-American or they're, I, you know, I'm half Polish, so I consider myself an American, but I also sometimes say I'm a Polish-American, too. I think, you know, I think... As long as you keep that American part in there and appreciate this country, too, and the values and you're a law-abiding citizen, that's the most important thing. But I think a lot of people are proud of their heritage. I certainly am. Um, You know, half Danish, half Polish, you know. Uh, Depends on the day, right? (laughs) 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bonnie in Manhattan. Go ahead, Bonnie. Hi, Rita. I just want to say you're a brave lady and you've got a big microphone and God bless you. You're so smart and you really tell the truth. That's why I listen to you every night. Now, I just wanted to say... Thank you, Bonnie. First of all, thank you. Very sweet. You're very welcome. I I adore you and I'm, I'm praying for you, Rita, because not too many people have your bravery at heart. Anyway, I just wanted to say that when it comes to justice in America, she was always, uh, uh, 
pictured as a lady with a blindfold on and a pair of scales. Now, I always interpreted that to mean that she didn't see race, she didn't see color, she didn't see ethnicity when you went before the court. We cannot have Alvin Bragg letting Lady Liberty take her blindfold off, okay, and tipping her finger on one side of the scales for the black thugs who are creating this, wreaking this havoc on New York City, okay, and then one set of justice for the white perpetrators. The cop who killed George Floyd, he's in prison. The three white guys in Georgia who killed that young black man, Aubrey, they're in prison. Justice was served. Why can't we have equal justice for black and white in this country? It cannot go in the favor of the blacks, and they call it racial equity. What kind of nonsense is this? I mean, we're going to have total chaos in this country, and let let him keep it up. What are they trying to provoke here? A race war? Black against white? White against black? Listen, there are fabulous wonderful black people in this country. I adore Dominic Carter, and I'm waiting for him to come on tonight. Absolutely. By the way, I do, too. I'm I'm, I'm president of Dominic's fan club, by the way. (laughs) And I get home by 4 o'clock every day so I could listen to James Golden. You know, we have some wonderful, wonderful African Americans in this country, and they work hard, and they do a wonderful job, and they're incredible. But we have a handful who are wreaking havoc on the country, okay? And I just, all three of you, you're so brave and you tell the truth and it's always, always, always the truth. But the problem is in this city, you have people who could see New York City burning from Wall Street to Harlem. And as soon as they can get through the ashes, they will go to the polls and still vote the Democrats in. Well, and I'm hoping, by the way, Bonnie, first of all, I I hear your passion and I love your sweet words about, uh, about myself and my colleagues. It's really kind. Um, I also feel that the tide is turning somewhat because people are just seeing it for what it is. And, yes, there are people, just like you said, who, uh, to me, it's unfathomable, I agree with you, who watch the city burn and and think, oh, well, maybe it's okay that it's burning or whatever, you know, or maybe it's okay that they're not getting the same kind of justice as other people. Um, I agree with you. It should be equal justice. It's outrageous a bad person's a bad person. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. Um, but I also do think that crime has gotten so bad and that we have been calling out these soft on crime politicians that you mentioned and a number of others across the country that there's an awareness about them like never before. And I think that will maybe make things turn. I think slight, I think people are going to think differently when they go, you know, you kind of always go, okay, DA, I'm just going to check it off. I'm just going to go here. I'm just going to go there. I think this time when people go to the polls, they're going to go, DA, now what does this guy do? Where does he stand on crime versus this other choice? I think that people will hopefully have an epiphany of some sort and realize that those DAs have a lot of power and that these soft-on-crime DAs have no place in America, especially in a crime-ridden America right now. Uh, Great call. When we come back, everybody, we are going to talk about what's going on in Ukraine because I couldn't believe it today. Remember, we've been talking about Afghanistan and what a disastrous withdrawal that was. And the report that just came out yesterday where the Pentagon came out and said that they were basically embarrassed in the report about the way we withdrew from Afghanistan, that it was unbelievable.
Um, and before we go to that, let me go to Mark. I see Mark calling back. Mark, you were here on the Rita Cosby Show. You called yesterday. Go ahead, Mark. I see your call, and I remember when you called yesterday. I wanted to finish the thought. Go ahead, Mark. Yes, Miss Rita. Uh, as I said, my uh, younger brother died in the McDonald's bathroom on Fordham Road in the Bronx in uh, in the year 2000. Um, these places where you can go and be supervised to use drugs indefinitely are not going to work. If you want to have your last party and you want to be under a doctor supervision, like supervision, if you fall out, somebody will narc on you. You should be allowed to stay there for maybe four days to a week or have visitation rights for four days to a week. Then after that, you should agree to go into counseling. And they're not doing and they're not doing that. Right, Mark. They are certainly not doing that. And these are becoming the so-called red light districts of New York City. I got married in Holland and we visited that uh, area like it was a tourist attraction watching junkies stumble all over the place. It was very visually disturbing to me. Wow. Well, Mark, first of all, I saw that you called in. Thank you for calling back. And um, I know everybody who's listening here, um, our thoughts and prayers are with your family and um, and how great that you are speaking out to try to help other families after the tragedy, sadly, that happened with your brother. And um, and thank you for calling back. you got to call back another time, Mark, because it is so important to hear your thoughts because you know uh, the effects of drug firsthand and what works and what doesn't work. And um, and we got to we got to turn this around to save other families, Mark. And, and thank you for calling in for your courage, too. Thank you very, very much. When we come back, everybody, we are going to talk about the White House and the Biden administration saying, trust us, we'll be able to get everybody out of Ukraine. No problem. All the Americans will never leave an American behind. Sound familiar? Do you trust it? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And President Biden and his team vowing to get all Americans out of Ukraine now with Russian troops amassing at basically all the different various borders around Ukraine, including my beloved Poland. There's a whole bunch, by the way, of American troops, thank goodness, that are there keeping the peace. They're really uh, the protectors in the middle of all this. And then on all the different other directions, basically, there are Russian troops staging and remember when President Biden did this interview with George Stephanopoulos where he said, you know what, all of those Americans in Afghanistan will get them out safely. Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't, the troops if, will if stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. And? And if, there are American forces, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Wow, boy, was that wrong, because there are still Americans and allies stranded in Afghanistan big time. So now when we're hearing from people at the Pentagon and elsewhere that, oh, we're going to get all the Americans out, uh, and there's a huge amount of them, believe it or not, in Ukraine, do you have any faith that that kind of evacuation, should Russia decide to invade Ukraine, which looks like they're building up, do you have any faith that this administration is going to do this one right? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach. Michael, 
Uh, you know, as soon as I heard this, oh, we're going to get them all out. I, I thought about Afghanistan and what a mess that was. Well, uh, you're correct in thinking that way because uh, I heard on news flashes today that the same man who was in charge of the evacuation in Afghanistan is now in control of this one. Yes. Now, this man, this man has to be less than an American patriot because if he was sorry about what happened in, in Afghanistan and if the reason was because of the president himself being a buffoon, then uh, this man should have resigned his commission and he wouldn't therefore be there to uh, duplicate the same stupidity to 30,000 Americans now in Ukraine. That's, by the way, Michael, that's an interesting point. Obviously, you know, the military guys do serve, obviously, at the pleasure of the president. The president's the commander in chief. And that person was saying that they were just, quote, following orders. But, yeah, that was a mess. It's not like I would be picking that person because that was the model evacuation that you want to duplicate it. We'll keep you posted, everybody. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 